everyone. How's everybody doing tonight? Awesome, awesome. I did this last January. I didn't get to do it last February, but I did it because we had to cancel service because of the weather. But I did this last January. So we are going to, um, tonight we're going to be doing a study called Reaching by Teaching. This is the little handout you can follow along. Um, you can follow along. Most of the notes are pretty clear on here. And if you have a pen and you want to make some um, notations as we go along, um, that would be great to kind of help you with that. Just an introduction here. Most of the things that I talk about kind of refer to a 12-week study, a longer study, but they also apply to a shorter one-time study or even witnessing to somebody, just sharing the word of God, giving your testimony. The things that I'm going to talk about tonight will um, refer to those as well. So you'll be, it'll cover all of those. So just think about those in that aspect. If I talk about a 12-week study, you can also put that into place for just witnessing to somebody or just teaching them a one-time study. So um, um, tonight, we're, first of all, we're going to talk about reasons to teach. The first thing I want you to understand is that you don't have to be a Bible scholar in order to teach the Bible. Um, you don't have to have been in the church for a certain number of years to teach a study. If you can read, you can teach a study. That's, it's just that simple. There is lots of material available. If you can read it, and you can share that with somebody else. The only prerequisite is a desire to share the word of God with somebody. You need to have that desire in your heart and in your soul to share the word with someone. And so I want to give you some tools to help you feel confident in order to do that, to help you to teach uh, a Bible study. And I also want to inspire you to teach. You can do it, to teach you and give you the confidence I'm confident in everyone sitting in this room that you can take and share the word of God with somebody. Um, a home Bible study is the greatest outreach tool that we have. Um, salvation comes from hearing the word of God. That's how I was saved, was I heard the word and I was obedient to it. That's how everyone else is going to be saved. Um, salvation comes by hearing the word. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So in order to use the tool of a home Bible study more effectively, we need to properly understand why it works. Um, when you talk about home Bible study, the word home brings up in images of comfort, of warmth, of a place where you feel safe, family, um, all of these things. And it's so far removed from a typical church environment. Society and media has made church out to be something not flattering. And so by teaching a home Bible study or in a setting that is associated not with the church, a coffee shop or a library or something like that, um, we bring that warmth and comfort to the study uh, that's a little outside of a church setting. In Acts 20 and 20, it says, Paul told them, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. So he was going from house to house in order to teach the word of God to people. The second thing we want to look at is the word Bible. There is no, and I mentioned this before, there's no weapon on earth as powerful as this word of God. I love the word of God. Um, the word of God is the weapon we have to combat 
what Satan is doing to the people in our lives. And it can change their lives. It can, it's the only way. And the only way to make a weapon effective is to use it. You can have effective, a weapon and it's sitting on the floor or on a chair or on a table. It does nothing unless we pick it up and use it. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. We live in a dark and dreary world, but it's just so wonderful to be able to share hope with someone, the hope of the word of God, the hope that we have found in the, in the words of the Bible. Then the word study. In a small study, someone is taking an active role in learning. When someone walks into this building, they might walk in because someone invited them or for some other reason coming with for some event or something. But if somebody says, I want to have a, a study with you, they are taking an active part in wanting to know the Bible. There's something in them they realize, they're expressing an interest in realizing that they need or want to know more about God. They are hungry. They want to learn. And a home Bible study represents that step toward God. That's why it's so important to be able to share and teach the Bible to people because that step that they're making toward God, somebody has to help them make that next step toward God, and that's how we do it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Um, so now we're going to talk about some attitudes that we need to teach a Bible study. The success of a home Bible study is often, often wrapped up in the attitude that we would have in teaching the study. Therefore, we must have a proper mindset when we teach. And we have to remember that we are ambassadors of the Lord. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we must always try to conduct ourselves in a way that is a good reflection on him. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We need to realize that we are ambassadors. We need to think that in our heart. We need to take the word, put the word in our heart so that we can say, I am an ambassador of the Lord and I can teach other people. Now, personalities come into teaching a home Bible study. That person that has that outgoing personality. Um, they're, they're pretty well with that because they've already got all that. They don't have a problem with reaching out to people and talking to people. But according to research, the number one thing that people fear is what I'm doing right now, standing and speaking publicly to people. If you are shy, then you need to pray. Lord, change me. Lord, help me to be that more outgoing, that more outgoing person. Take the word and put the word right here, right here and right here. Take the word in your mind and your heart. It will change you. It will help you to be more outgoing. It will help you, and God will change the way you think about whether or not you can do that, whether or not you can step out in that place where you now fear. Um, if, you, if you know me, I, and if you, if you don't know me, I am an introvert. I am totally an introvert. I'm happy sitting in my house by myself. Several people in this room know that. I'm happy sitting in my house just... I'd, I could be there, and I'd be good. I'd be good, you know. Uh, but God has helped me. Um, God has helped me uh, to overcome those fears, to, um, to stand here, to be able to play, to be able to, to teach. 
I love God's word. And, and the thing about that is letting those fears be put in the word of God to change those fears in you so you can have confidence. And we also want to be the kind of person that someone wants to be around. So the first quality uh, that we need to talk about is confidence. And I've kind of uh, covered a little bit of this, uh, how we can build confidence and put confidence in our minds and in our hearts. But one way to put confidence in, your, in teaching a study is to be familiar with your material. If, um, if you got up here and you had only read through your material once, it, you're kind of like looking and, oh, what do I say and how do I bring this out? You couldn't remember what you, what you had to say. But if you're familiar, then you can be more confident in what you have to say. Um, ask a friend or a family member to um, do the study with you, and uh, this is a good way to practice. Hey, I'm going to be teaching this Bible study to this person, and I need to practice, and I want to practice speaking out loud. Would you help me? Would you sit and listen? And especially if you can get somebody who doesn't know the Lord um, to sit and listen, say, hey, I want to practice with you. That's a great way to witness to them. Um, and also, um, uh, also, as I mentioned before, find scriptures that will boost your confidence. Um, put them, pray them every single day. Pray them. Uh, I can do all things through Christ. Um, the, it is the Lord that gives me the strength. And all of these things, that these scriptures that will change your life. It will change how you approach the study. Um, and we need to remember it's his word. He wants people to know his word. He's going to bless it. He is going to absolutely bless you sharing the word of God with somebody. The next thing is to be positive. We need to stay positive by remember the, remembering that we are trying to bring someone to salvation. If the lesson isn't going as well as you would have liked and you're having a hard time getting through it, remember that God's with you. The lesson doesn't have to be perfect for God to move. It is the word of God. It is powerful in itself. We can make mistakes and mess up, and God can still move and touch someone's heart. The next thing is to be pleasant. This is a Christian attitude. It should be something that all of us should endeavor to be. If we come to the study and bring all of our troubles and our angers and our situations of our life into our study, we're not going to be very effective. Um, keep your aggravations and frustrations to yourself. Smile. Be friendly. Um, avoid arguing. Share all the good things that God is doing in your life. Proverbs 18 and 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. The next thing is to be enthusiastic. So show excitement about the study. Enthusiasm is contagious. You ever see somebody jumping around excited about somebody? You want to know why they're excited, what's going on. Um, be enthusiastic. How exciting is it that you get to share the powerful, life-changing word of God with somebody? The next thing is to be humble. Never enter a study with the attitude that I know what's in the Bible and you don't. A teacher with an attitude of superiority will destroy the lesson. Somebody's not going to want to sit and listen to you if you are talking down to them about what you're talking about. Remember, it took time for you to study, for you to learn the word. You did not know the, the word when you came to the Lord, whether you came as a child or whether you came as an adult. You did not know all of the things that you know now. Um, keep it simple. Sometimes people want to 
I, I've known people that have wanted to tell all of these like really, really uh, big concepts in the Bible because they wanted other people to know how much they thought they knew about the Bible. But we need to keep it simple. We're bringing somebody to the Lord for the first time. Bring those simple concepts to into your study. And it is okay to say, I don't know. If there's a question that someone has that they say, well, I have this question and you don't have a clue. You can say, I don't know, but I will, I will do my very best to find out the answer. There are lots of people that are knowledgeable, uh, men of God, ministers in the church, people that you can talk to and ask them about it. But promise to find, find the answer. Say, hey, I don't know right now, but I will be happy to talk to some people that know more about the Bible than I do, and I will find the answer and bring it back to you. James 4 and 6 tells us this, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. God's grace is going to be on us when we walk into that study with a, with a humble spirit. The next thing is to be sincere. This simply means living what the Bible teaches. Be yourself, and then remember, as I mentioned before, that we are ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 tells us that very thing. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. In this, this chapter of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is talking about the ministry of reconciliation. And teaching a Bible study is a ministry of reconciliation. We're trying to bring someone to reconcile that person to the Lord. And so we are that ambassador that does that will bring them to the Lord. Be committed. If you're doing a 12-week study, uh, be committed to being there every single week. And if you can't, there's always people that can fill in for you. And that also gives them an opportunity to meet someone else, the person that you're teaching. Um, so we need to be have a consistency about it. If we are not commit, committed to our study, it's going to fail. Be concerned about your students' lives. So if you're committed, you're going to be committed to them too. Be concerned about their lives, their families, their everything that's going on in their life. Commit to praying for them and becoming their friend. Jesus is our greatest example in the fact that he was, was committed to learning about the people around him. If we are working on witnessing to someone for the very first time, you've got that person that you've kind of got your radar on that, man, I would really like to share the, something about the word of God with them. Be committed that when God opens that door, I'm just going to go right through it and I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to share what God gives me to share. So now we're going to go on to goals. Uh, goals help us to judge um, our Bible study, the success of our Bible study. If we don't know where we're going, how will we know if we've gotten there? So here are, there are three goals that, and there are probably more that you could have, but I've got three goals here that we want to make as our objectives for teaching a Bible study. The first one is to make friends. Get to know your students. Let them get to know you. Um, Jesus reached out in love. Should we do any less? No matter the conclusion of the study, if you might go through a 12-week study, which I have gone through a 12-week study and the person does not come to the Lord, um, you've still made a friend. Um, and you, even if they aren't committed to the Lord right now, 
who are they going to call when something comes up in their lives where they need somebody to pray, they're going to contact you. And so you need to make that friend, make that connection to be their friend. And then our second goal, which is obvious, to win souls. That, that's what we want to do. We want to bring somebody to the Lord. That is our ultimate goal. We realize that people are lost and that we, they need our help to find salvation. Bible studies are about souls. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2 says this, Therefore he saith unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Now you have to realize we are the bridge. You and I are the bridge between that person and heaven. We are that connection between that person and heaven. That person you sit by at work or work with, stand by at work, whatever your job is. That person that you see in, in the, the grocery store, that person that is your relative that doesn't know the Lord, we are that connection. We know how to get to heaven, but they don't. And if we don't, um, we don't complete that bridge of allowing them to know what that, how to get there, then we are not doing what we need to be doing. Um, now, because of Bible study, winning souls, that is our ultimate goal. But every lesson and every lesson should be geared toward salvation. Sorry, I was getting a little ahead of myself here in my, in my notes. Every lesson should be geared toward salvation. Um, try to work salvation into every lesson. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, talk about salvation. Talk about your own salvation. Um, and even though the goal is to win souls, if you've finished a study or you've taught even a small or a short study, and the person isn't yet saved or ready to commit their life to the Lord, you've still taught and shared and opened the word of God with someone. And that's all the Lord tells us to do is to share the word. We, Even though we are that bridge, we don't do the salvation work. The Lord does that. Then the last one is to make meet contacts. Sometimes when you're teaching somebody a Bible study, um, you get to know other people in their life. You might get to know their family or um, neighbors or whatever. So during the study, there might be friends or family that you could ask Ask this person, are, do you have any friends or family that might like to join us that would be interested in, in having the study with us? Um, new contacts means we have more people that we can reach, more studies that we can do. John 4 and 35 says, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. So then, now the next thing I want to do, I know I'm going kind of quickly. We had gotten started a little late, and this is technically a two studies, you know, like squished into one. So, um, so we're going to talk about some teaching points. It is very easy to bring out the plan of salvation in every lesson. There are themes that go throughout the Bible, and knowing these themes will help us to mention them in every single study that we have. Bringing out these themes in every lesson will also help you to emphasize the benefits of living for God. So the first of those is that God always has a plan. God doesn't do anything without already knowing how it's going to end. He already knows he, when he starts setting things up in your life, he already has a plan. He knows what's going to happen here. 
And you read that throughout the Bible, that God always has a plan. He never does anything without a plan. Um, so this is one of the most important themes of the Bible, that God has a plan. <clears throat> the second one is the power of choice. We need to let and explain in every single lesson that our choices determine whether or not we will have a relationship with God or not. Um, our choices will decide um, our life's ultimate destination. And so God gave that, and we see that oftentimes in the Bible, that, that the power of choice was so important. God did not force anyone into anything in the word of God. He gave them a choice. If you, if you think about, I'll just throw this one in there, even if you think about Joshua and the children of Israel, um, Joshua said to the children of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. And so it, there, it is a choice. Anything we do in our lives, think about it. It's a choice. It's a choice whether I get up and go to work tomorrow. It's a choice whether I, you know, whatever different things that you do, whatever you're trying to work on in your life and whether the Lord is convict you of, it's a choice whether or not you're going to do those things. The next one is that grace equals opportunity. Sometimes people misunderstand grace. Grace is not a blanket that just covers every single sin, but grace is really an opportunity. Grace is opportunity. Grace is the opportunity to accept the plan of God that he has laid out for us. All right? So grace is that laying out there, the plan of salvation. It's the opportunity for you to receive it. And when you receive it, you've taken You've taken a hold of God's grace. And we're going to talk about some of these in a little, each of these a little more in depth um, as a, at when I get finished going over each of these. The next one is that faith equals obedience. Faith also does not have to be something very hard. Lord, I want more faith. I want more faith. Um, while there's nothing we can do to deserve, to deserve grace, there is something that we can do to take advantage of God's grace. We can have faith. Faith is not confusing. It is simply obedience to God. When God says do something, we do it. When the word says this is how we need to live, we say yes, Lord, and we do our very best. doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It means we are striving, like Paul said, we are striving, you know, um, toward that mark, toward the, the calling that God has given us. And that is what faith is. And so if you are wanting to build, think that you need to build your faith, start getting, getting in the word and start working and acting on some things that the Lord convicts you of. Hey, you need to be doing this in your life. And you'll find out that your faith is going to soar. God does, and the next one is God does judge. He does. Judgment, the judgment of God is not a concept we often hear about, but it should be easy to make this point in any lesson because every single story you see throughout the Bible, you see the judgment of God in those stories. God always judges man's disobedience. And then the last one is the Bible is relevant for today. The Bible is full of things that we can directly apply to our lives to make us better when we obey them. Um, and I can say that for myself, you know, that there are so many things in the word of God that I've taken and applied to my life, 
and put them into my heart and my mind and my living, and it has changed me. It's changed my mind, my thinking, changed my heart, changed my attitudes, changed the way I think about things and how I approach things, topics or situations or difficulties. Um, the Word of God is so very relevant for right now. So I'm going to use the story of Noah and the flood to show us how to mention all of these themes that I just mentioned um, and to show the plan of salvation. Now, um, the, Noah's, the, the flood happened in Genesis chapter 6, and we can find God making the decision to destroy the earth. This is God judging the people in their time of disobedience to him. So God judged the earth. But God sees a man named Noah who found grace in God's eyes. When God shows that, that grace to Noah by revealing his plan to him, Noah makes the choice to be obedient to God by following the plan God gave him. So the grace that God gave to Noah was a plan to build an ark. That's what he gave him. That was the grace that God gave to Noah. And Noah made the choice that was, his, that was Noah's faith. He made the choice to be obedient and to build the ark. So that was his faith. By being obedient to God's plan for him, Noah brought salvation to himself and his family. So you see that, that through that obedience to the grace and, the, and Noah making that right choice, that salvation came through that. So then, um, the, well, let me go on to this. The grace of Noah, the grace God gave to Noah was merely time and plans to build the ark. God gave him the time to build the ark. That was the grace of God in order to escape the destruction. God did not build the ark, but he provided the opportunity for Noah to do it. Just like God gave Noah the plans for an ark to escape destruction, he has given to us a plan of salvation. In Acts 2.38, we find God's plan for our salvation in this time. And when we are obedient to God's plan, then we can escape the judgment that God has planned for uh, down the road. It's good to share personal experiences and examples of your own salvation and of how you, the word applied to your heart has changed you. Think of some things, some scriptures that, you, that have used and really changed you. And then you can use those to share with someone else. Because when you make it personal, it, it means more to someone. It makes more of an impact on someone. When you're talking about uh, a, uh, something in the Bible that we were not a part of, but when you're talking about something that I personally was a part of and God personally did this for me, it has more of an impact um, on someone's life. So now let's talk about studies. And I did bring, I did bring a couple. I, I brought a couple that were downstairs, but I, there's not that many that we have here, but there are lots and lots of studies. Um, so choosing a study. So there, there are things that, that there's lots of resources. There are lots and lots of resources. There's lots of little ones um, that you can get off of the Pentecostal Publishing House. There's, this one is Pentecost is for you. Um, it's talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost, but it also has a plan of salvation. Um, this one is called Into His Marvelous Light. This one also has a plan of salvation in it. There are just, these are just one-time study. They might, this one might be more than one time. And then there's um, this Exploring God's Word, which is a 12-week study. 
I mean, these you can get digitally. You can download them on your device, on your phone, on your iPad, whatever you've got, um, on your computer. Um, Exploring God's Word is, is updated because this was originally done in the 1980s, I think, and it was updated. They've got, you know, great graphics and, and digital graphics, PowerPoints, and all of that to go with it if you're interested in those. Um, and so, you know, everything is, is, has the ability for you to, um, to use very easily, very easily, and to get a hold of lots and lots of information. There's one, I think it's a five-part study that's called The Gospel um, there's a bunch of others that there's just lots and lots. So there are lots and lots of resources. Talk to myself or Sister Ann or get on the Pentecostal Publishing House website. You can also find Publishing House stuff on Amazon. You know, so um, find those home Bible studies and see which ones you think will, will speak to you or will help you to be able to t teach. Um, even if you just get them and read them for yourself, they will help you to understand how to share the share the gospel with someone. Okay, so let's go on to preparing for a study. As with anything you do in life, preparation is key. An athlete not prepared for a game is not going to do well. A pianist that doesn't practice pieces for a concert will have difficulty getting through the songs. The same principle is true with teaching a Bible study. Your study's success or failure will be directly tied to the amount of time you spend in preparation. Here are a few practical suggestions to help you prepare for the study. Preparation breeds confidence. Preparation helps eliminate mistakes. So let's talk about, we've talked about attitudes that we need to have, but let's talk about, uh, let's put some of these into a practical sense of attitudes for success. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, it says this, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So I want to switch this around a little bit. We know that the Lord looks and he knows what's in our heart. But that person sitting across from you doesn't know what's in your heart. They see this. They see this right here. They see this flesh right here. And so it's important to make a good impression on somebody. Let's, you know, we need to be careful how we, how we uh, present ourselves. For this reason, our initial image to somebody is important. It should be a favorable one. We need to understand that that person you are going to teach is going to view you from the outside. They're not going to know what's on the inside until you show them. We need to take what's on the inside of us and let it be on the outside of us. We need to let that. Um, it, it, some people might say, I have God in my heart, and that's all I need. So how I act or how I dress is not important. But that's not true because I can't see your heart. Only God sees your heart. I see this part of you. I see this part of you. I see all of this. I see your face. I see your body language. And so that's where that person is going to be coming from when they view you. Um, the fact that those are those that you are wanting to share the gospel with cannot see the inside, only the outside. You must bring that and display what God has given you on the outside. Dress to honor God. Speak to honor God. Greet your students with confidence 
that the Lord is going to bless your time together. Voice to your students so their expectations of what the Lord is going to do will be up here. God's going to work today. God's going to do a great thing today as we open his word, as we look at his word. He's going to move. He's going to work. And when we have that and take those things that God's put on the inside, put them in our voice, put them in our, the way we act and the way we are around somebody, they're going to see that, yeah, they've got something I need. They've got something I don't have. And if, we are, if we're going to act like them, if we're going to look like them, if we're gonna, our attitudes and our actions are like them, why do they want what we have? There is no reason for them to want what we have. Okay, let's go on. So we need to prepare our supplies. Um, and, and if you're doing a 12-week study, you know, um, sometimes depending on if you're going to their house or they're coming to your house or you're going to a coffee shop or whatever, um, gathering your supplies is, is uh, important. Even though we are, have a spiritual goal, we still have to prepare in the natural. There's nothing worse than arriving for your study and realizing that you forgot something. I forgot my Bible or I forgot my notes or I forgot something else. Um, now you're self-conscious and your students are going to perceive uh, that lack of pre preparation. Um, it can be helpful to, helpful to make a checklist. Um, if you're like me and, and you like things organized and you make lists of what you need to do, that's just me. Not everybody's like that, but that's me. Um, but a checklist might be helpful if that's, if that's uh, important to you. But it is, it is always a good idea to make sure you have everything that you, that if, that you need. Um, I've met people at, I've taught studies at Panera that we met at Panera all for like 12 weeks. And, and I've taught people at, at their house and I've taught people at my house. And so, you know, you have to be prepared whether you're going out of your house, you're going somewhere else, where, wherever. Um, so remember that to be prepared. Always think about that ahead of time. And then we've talked about this before, but it is still key. We need to know our material. Good notes are a key component to a Bible study. If you're marking up that book, highlighting the things that you want to say, or if you're typing out or, or writing your notes yourself, whichever you do, um, it's a good idea to have that information. And then if you think about something while you're studying the lesson, oh, hey, I need to look that up because I don't quite understand that. So you can look it up. Maybe I need to talk to somebody because I don't quite understand this part of the Bible. And so it is important to um, do that, start studying early so you know your material, you know maybe I need to do this, I need to like get this in my head better, I need to understand this better before I can share it with someone. You might want to create your own handouts or your own media. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you might, some people have gone so far as to create um, uh, like a uh, miniature model of the tabernacle for a lesson. Be creative. Make the lesson yours. Um, I, I want to share something. When I'm reading through a lesson trying to prepare it, I'll think about something that's happened to me and that I want to share about me or about something that I've done or somebody I know has done, not just totally using the, um, not just totally using the, the stories that are in the material, but substituting some of my own stories for that material. Even if you've taught the lesson before, um, it's good to review. You need to know what you're going to teach. All right, so let's move on. The next one is prayer. The importance of prayer before a study is paramount. 
You can make a mistake in your study, forget to bring something, or perhaps you didn't get a chance to review your notes as much as you would have liked, but it cannot be all right to go to a study without spending time in prayer. And so there are, there are five things here that we want to pray about as we go to a study. And the first one is the anointing. Isaiah 10 and 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It is the anointing of God flowing through us that will help to break the yoke of those around us. It will. It will. The word of God does not lie. And if we are reaching to somebody who is bound by something, letting the anointing of God flow through us, and the only way we can allow that to happen is through prayer, is that we can pray. The next thing is inspiration. The inspiration of God can say more in one sentence than we can say in a whole hour. Here, you know, where there's, you know, like you're, you're in, we're in the service and there's tongues and interpretation. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah, there, there it is, that, that one little sentence that God gives to someone in, that interpre- in the interpretation. It's just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's it, you know. Um, God can say more. Or if you've ever been reading the Word and you're reading something and the Lord just speaks and that Scripture just jumps out at you, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it just, you know, it hits you or it, it speaks to you in that moment, in that time. The next thing is we need to pray for conviction for the person that we are, the person or the people that we are teaching. Conviction can cut through the hardest of hearts and cause the worst sinner to repent. So we need to pray that the conviction of God will fall and that person will be drawn to by conviction. Then we need to also pray for understanding. There are some concepts in the Bible and about the Lord that come by divine revelation. We cannot impart those. We can teach them the word, but that divine revelation has to come from God for them to understand it. And so we need to pray for them to have understanding that they will see and grasp and that God will help them to see those concepts. And then the last thing we need to pray for, and of course there's obviously more that you can pray for, but these are the ones I want to highlight. It's connection. Pray that you can make that connection with that person, that you're just going to, you know, you're just going to make that great connection with that person, become friends with them, and become that person that you can want to, they'll want to spend time with you, and they'll call you, and you can um, help to share the gospel in other ways than just through the study. Now, um, also, before the day of your study, you need to contact your students. Uh, Confirm with them that you are going to have the study. Don't ask them, are we having a study this week or are we having a study today? You say, I'm just calling to confirm we're meeting at wherever at such and such time. Um, And it is important. Um, I... Years ago, I taught a, uh, a lady, I taught her at 8 a.m. because she got off work at, and she got home about 8 o'clock, so I taught her before she went to sleep or after she'd worked all night. And I would call her the night before, before she went to work, I'd call her and I'd say, I'm coming to your house in the morning. And there were still times that she didn't show up. I'm sitting there in my car and she, and then, um, so then I talked to her later. Oh, I forgot and I went here before I went home. And so it's still a good idea to um, contact um the person that you're going to have the study with. Um, and then just say, I'm looking forward to meeting with you. Be, be kind and polite. 
The next thing is, it's a, it is a very sad fact of our world, but we need to be safe. We need to be safe. Uh, we need to be aware of our surroundings, and we need to be safe. Be aware of where you're teaching your study. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't go into any area. If the Lord speaks to you and says, I want you to go there, do it. Don't, don't disobey God. Um, but I'm saying that we still need to have an understanding of the fact that, you know, we don't step out in the middle of the street um, and say the Lord's going to protect me. Um, we, need to, we need to be thinking safety. If the area where a person lives is not safe and you don't feel comfortable going to their house, ask about a public place, a library, a coffee shop, a restaurant, um, and never go to an area alone if you feel uh, if you're not sure that it is safe, um, bring, bring another person with you. And then also, women should never teach men alone. Uh, men should never teach women alone, unless it's a relative. I mean, if, if it's a sister or a niece or a nephew or something like that, that's a, that's a little different. But um, so we need to be certain that we are um, uh, not, the Bible says that we, we should, uh, 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 this is my paraphrase, that uh, avoid the appearance of evil. And um, so people can misunderstand or misconstrue things. So we want everything to be above, above board and, um, and right with the word of God. And so if it's a group of people, then that's different. Um, it's different if, it's, if there are lots of people involved, um, then that's a whole different situation. But if you're meeting someone alone, um, women, you should not be going to a restaurant and meeting a man or coffee shop and meeting them to teach a study. You need to bring your husband with you, or if you don't have a husband, then then another um, somebody that you know in the church that can go with you. Um, and then there may be situations where you feel that there is abuse or some sort of crime happening in the home that you are in. If that is the situation, then we need to talk that through with church leadership uh, and find out what we should do if that needs to be reported. If the person you're teaching talks about being abused or if there are children in the home and you feel like there's abuse going on there, that's something that we need to report. We need to not just leave that. Um, that is the, the correct thing to do. And so um, to end all of this, preparation will give us the most successful study, and you will have no regret saying, I could have done better. When we are prepared and we go, we will know that the Lord is going to be with us and going to help us. All right. So let's move on to the next thing. We need to arrive early. If you're meeting someone at a restaurant or a coffee shop, get there before them. You need to be there, find a table, and or if you're going to their house, be there, you know, if, uh, the time before your study. Arriving early makes you look good. It makes you look good. If you arrive two minutes before your study, and, and I understand there's times where it's kind of like, oh, you know, I got caught in traffic or something happened if you're going coming after work and, uh, you know, whatever it might be. But for the most part, we need to be, we need to be people that are on time. Um, and this time gives us time to socialize with the people that we are wanting to, um, wanting to teach. We get chance to talk to them about their family, about their home life. Um, ask them um, things about um, if they had pre previous prayer requests. Um, for example, you know, like, hey, is your mom doing better? Because maybe they had a prayer request about their mom. Ask if there's anything you can help them pray about during this time. Uh, be genuine in your questions and in your concern. And the more you are, are 
genuinely concerned about them, the more they're going to realize that you've got something that they really would love to have. And then we need to remove distractions. Um, it's vital to remove distractions. People that are distracted aren't listening to you. Um, and, um, you know, some people don't think about turning their cell phone off or turning it on mute. And so they can put it away and say, well, you know, you can look at those test me text messages and all those little alerts later on. Um, and because it's, it's difficult for somebody to be concentrating on you if they're constantly pulling their phone out and looking at their phone or they've got other devices going on. If, there's, if they have small children and you're going to somebody's home, see if you can arrange for somebody to go with you to, to entertain the kids. There are kids' Bible studies, too. Um, there's Bible studies for ages 4 to 4 or 5 and then also 10 and 11. There are studies that they can teach and share something about the Lord um, with the children. So during your study, when you get to your study, always start with group prayer. We need to, um, first of all, uh, establish well, let me go back to group prayer. So when we start with group prayer, you need to be the one praying. You need to be the one speaking out loud. Um, Lord, bless our time today. Lord, touch and name the names. Um, you don't need to be the one that's over here. Um, Lord, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, mumbling. Um, speak loud. And if you don't know how to pray out loud, if you've never prayed out loud, practice, practice. Um, and think of things, write some notes down of things. This is what I should say. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you should pray. Pray for the people. Name their names. Say them out loud. Um, and then that will help you to learn how to pray in a group setting where you're the one that should be leading in prayer. And then we need to establish um, some rules about our lesson. Um, it is good if you're doing a 12-week study to hold the questions till the end of the study. And there's a reason that I like to do this, because if you get interrupted with a question, you might go down, you know, some other way. And and um, as they talk in community group, we went, you know, we got down a rabbit trail. And, um, you know, we need to rein some of those things in. Well, community group's a little different than a Bible study. You want to get through your material. You don't want to take two hours to get through something so if they write down their questions, then at the end, you can take that time to answer those questions. And who knows, maybe you'll answer their question later on in the study. And so, um, so that, that's, a, that's just a good idea. Um, it's not a hard and fast rule. If you like doing questions in the middle, I guess you can. You know, it's just that for me, I like to, to get through the lesson and then to move forward with the questions. And then the next thing is no arguing. Let the Bible speak for itself. We're not speaking my opinion. We're not speaking their opinion. We're speaking what's in the word of God. And then the next thing is that scripture will speak for itself. And that goes along with that. We're, we're not doing opinions. We're doing scriptures. And don't overload them with scriptures. And sometimes for some subjects, there's, there's 12 or 15 scriptures you could just find like right away and do. Pick out two or three that you like at the most, two or three and share those because we don't want to overwhelm them with that so much. Um, so let's let's just, you know, pick a couple. And then the studies are very good um, in, with what they give for scriptures. And now um, ways to teach. It's, you know, we need to make it interesting. We need to try to be interesting. If you share things about you, that makes it more interesting. Other times we, we need to use um, 
stories, personal experience, um, for entrance, well, for their personal entrance, interest, sorry, I can't say that, um, that if someone likes sports, so relate something to sports, think about how you can relate it, the story you're telling, and that's going to keep their interest because they, they understand that. That's what Jesus did. I mean, he took things that people knew and he related them to spiritual things. And that's what we need to do. Find out what they're interested in. Um, while you're teaching, stay focused on the lesson. Vary your speaking tone. Try not to read your lesson. Um, and that will come with being prepared and learning. Um, speak loud enough so everybody can hear you. If it's just you and one other person, then speak loud enough that they can hear you. Um, if you're doing a group, make sure that everyone in the group can hear you. Um, the next one is to be aware. Make sure your students understand the things you're teaching. If they have this puzzled look, it's okay to stop and make sure that they understand what you're talking about. Um, make eye contact with them. Don't look down at your notes all the time. You need to make eye contact with them. And then also be aware. If God starts dealing with them, man, just close that book and pray. You know, put your notes up and go say, I would like to pray with you. Let the Lord move on them and touch their hearts. Um, so we need to be aware. And then the next thing is look for inspiration. If you've prayed for inspiration, then God's going to open that door for you. I love object lessons. Man, when I taught the kids, we, we just, I, I could always like search in everywhere to find object lessons that I could do. When we did VBS, man, I was always happy when I was the one that got to do object lessons every night. Yay. You know, I like that a whole lot. That's just me. Um, but there are different ways that you can show things and explain things. Think of some ideas. Talk to other people about ideas to share, to make things interesting. Let the Lord inspire you. Something that you don't have in your notes and God just brings to your thoughts, share it with them. Show them um, the word of God in that way. Um, and then we need to keep the study flowing. Um, you know, we don't need to make it eternal you know, like, like somebody that's going on and on and on and on and on. We need to get through what we're teaching. Um, not so fast that they can't take the time, to uh, their brains to understand it, but we need to do it in a timely fashion. And so we need to keep this, keep this study moving. And then uh, we need to start and st finish on time. If we have an hour for the study, we're starting at this time, do your best to try to be done by that ending time that you said. That's another way that makes you look good, means that they can trust you. I said, oh, we're going to have an hour lesson. Two hours later, I'm still teaching. You know, they're going to think, well, you know, I don't really want to do this again. Let's, you know. So let's be sure that we are, we are trustworthy and um, we don't get too involved in, in talking about things that have nothing to do with the lesson while we're teaching it so we can get through our, our information. And then at the end of this, we need to ask leading questions to them. For example, what do you think about that, about the, the, the story or the scriptures that you've read or what you've been studying that day? Um, do you see your necessity to be baptized? Would you like to be baptized? Do you want to receive the Holy Ghost? These are leading questions that they have to answer, that they have to directly say to you, yes, or maybe they might say, no, not right now, which is fine but it gets them thinking about them that it's for you, it's for them, that that's what opens their thoughts about that. 
So as we conclude uh, our study, um, we need to take that time now, if you've had them hold their questions to the end, to ask what their questions were. And if you don't know the answers, then write those questions down and um, say, I'll come back next week or next time when I see you, we will talk about those questions. And then we need to end our in-group prayer again. If there's two of you, then you need to lead. If, there's, if you're teaching a group of people, you still need to lead. Um, uh, make some physical contact. You know, if, you, if it's a woman, you can put your hand on their shoulder or um, you can hold, you know, if it's a group, maybe stand in a circle and hold hands, whatever. Make some sort of physical contact when you pray, but lead in prayer. Speak loud enough. You know, use um, uh, practice so that you're comfortable praying out loud in a group. And something like you can use things from the lesson. Um, Thank you, Lord, that you made a way for Noah to be saved, and now you have made a way for us to be saved. Pray for those who are present. Lord, bless and speak their, say their name. And Lord, let your blessings fall upon this home. Let your blessings fall in their life. God, guide and direct them. Open the word into their hearts. All of these things. And if you think about these things and jot some of them down, it will make it easier to be able to pray out loud. Um, you know, and pray for their the things they've asked you to pray for. Ask them for prayer requests and um, pray. Your prayer doesn't have to be perfect. There's times that I'm walking over here praying, and I'm like, that's the dumbest thing you ever said in your life, you know? I'm like, I hope nobody heard me while I was doing, while I was over there, because that was just, Lord, that isn't what I meant to say. (laughs) So, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, okay? So, So, and then the next thing we need to do is make sure they know where the church is, what time services are, Invite them to church. And if you're financially able, um, say, hey, let's, let's go out and get something to eat after church if you come. Or invite them to your home if you're able to, do, if that's something that you're able to do. So then after the study's concluded, after you've finished everything, um, and maybe they've accepted um, your invitation to church, um, we need to be that, that host while they're here. Um, be at the door. If they're going to come, be at the door and let them see you when they walk in the door. If you have responsibilities that you have to greet or, uh, excuse me, on the platform or something like that, then um, make sure that there's somebody, introduce them to somebody that will sit with them and so they don't have to feel um, by, them, by themselves. During the service, be yourself. When you have a visitor, just do what you always do. If you are up here praying, pray. And, you know, and, and um, uh, it, worshiping, worship the way you normally worship and let the Lord lead you. Don't try to bring it down because you've got a, a guest. Um, let the Lord, let the Lord lead you and guide you and worship him. And then when the altar comes, um, ask them if they would like to go to the altar and be prepared to explain to them what they're feeling. Be prepared to help them understand when they start feeling the presence of God. And we also, just going to go back, we also need to be able to um, have the understanding to explain to them if they begin to feel the Lord during the Bible study, to have the understanding to explain to them what they're feeling and what's happening in their, in their um, heart and in their soul. And then outside of the church, we need to try to maintain contact, re, uh, keep in contact with these students. Um, give them a phone call occasionally, send them a card, or connect with them on social media. If you know special dates, their birthdays, anything like that, 
you know, that's always a way to endear yourself to somebody is remembering that special occasion for them. Um, and then they will, even if they haven't come to know the Lord yet, that you're the person they're going to call when they need something. You're the person they're going to reach out to when that tragedy or that difficulty or or that bad doctor's report comes to them. They're going to reach out to you, and that give, will give you a new way to minister to them and to draw them to God. And then if they have come and they've repented, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, and that's what we are believing for every Bible study that everyone teaches, we need to connect them with Sister Ann uh, Haney and make sure that she gets to meet them and, um, and so that she can get them involved in the foundations class. Um, try to be there for questions uh, when troubles arise, especially if they have come to know the Lord, so that you can help them through those difficult times of walking, learning to walk with the Lord. So there's a lot of practical things here that I've given you tonight, that, um, but, but sometimes we forget about practical things when when a minister is speaking and they're talking about all of these spiritual concepts you know sometimes I'm like come on come on give me something that I can put in me that will help me to know exactly how to put that in action because sometimes those spiritual concepts we don't we don't always get um, and so I've tried to put some things like just right here where you can where you can use them to help you and hopefully the notes that I've put there will, will help you to review um, some of these and remember some of these. Um, but, but practical things are what we need to do. We need to, this word is printed. It's a printed book. And that's, that's um, something that we need to get put in people's lives. The key to teaching and being successful in teaching a Bible study is just falling in love with the Bible and falling in love with souls, falling in love with what God wants because he wants souls saved. Psalms 119 and 130. I love Psalms 119 because it talks about the word of God. It all 150 of those verses are about the word of God, and I love it. Psalms 119 and 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. I don't care where you're at in this world. This, this Bible right here can change your life. It changes everyone's life. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to share this. Even though this book looks, in, looks intimidating because it's big, you know, and it's got a lot of, lot of chapters and a lot of, lot of, you know, different things in it and a lot of concepts in it. But you don't have to be a Bible scholar to share. You share what God has given to you, and there's so many resources to read and to let the Lord use you to be um, a, a Bible study teacher. And I just want to share with everybody in this room Sister Fable has confidence in everybody in this room that you can teach a study. And, and I will help you in any way that I can. And any of the leaders in this church that, that um, will, be, will be willing to help you, help you get material, help you get an understanding. Hey, if somebody's teaching a study and you're really uncomfortable and, and, and not confident, ask if you can go. Hey, can I go and sit with you while you're teaching that study? Great way to learn. Um, and so if you see on, on Realm that somebody's posting that, hey, I'm teaching a Bible study, um, then say, hey, can I go and be with you so I can learn how to do that? It's, it's a great way to learn and connects you with other people. And I would say, too, you know, um, I saw Brother Blake had posted on there that he was doing Zoom calls uh, for, um, for his Bible studies. You know, in today's world, there's no excuse 
You know, when somebody wants a Bible study, set it up. Hey, if you can't meet them in person, do that Zoom call. Hey, you know, it's, it, it's great. You're sharing the word. You're sharing the word. So, all right, let's all stand. And I'll, I'll, I want to pray. Um, I felt the Lord prompt me to do this um, earlier while I, was, while I was putting all this together. I want to pray. I want to pray that the Lord um, would just use every single person in this room to share his word in a new way and to give you a love for the word of God. So let's pray. God, we thank you and we honor you and we praise you. I thank you for your word. Lord, I love your word. God, your word has changed my life. Your word has changed me and has made me a better person, God. In, I pray even right now, Lord, that every single person in this room right now, Lord, that your anointing will flow through them. Your, the love of your word will be imparted unto them right now. I impart it into them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And a desire to share that word, I impart it unto them right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, that they will receive the power and the anointing and the ability and the desire to share your word. And now, Lord, I speak open doors, open doors in every life, God, open doors to share your word, open doors to teach studies, open doors, God, to release the harvest that we can bring through Bible studies. And, Lord, I thank you for it, and I give you honor and praise, and thank you for what you're going to do. Oh, Lord, you are so wonderful. I believe it. I believe it. I have faith to believe, Lord, that you are going to move in a great and awesome way through Bible studies. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.